if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and it is also. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get started at now eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the eve of Thanksgiving, the 25th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Thanks so much for being with us. We are loaded up today. Coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk with Patrick Wood. Patrick Wood is the executive director and founder of CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech. Also, he runs the website, the important website, called technocracy.news. He is the author of two books on technocracy, and he is fighting, along with a lot of other very good people, for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, to be protected and preserved in the face of the grave threats against it right now being posed by the Socialist Democrat Party. So Patrick Wood at uh, 935. Coming up at 10.10, we've got to talk to Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform today because Joe Biden said yesterday that in his first 100 days, he will move to provide legalization and a pathway to citizenship for every illegal alien in this country. It is astounding what this guy is planning to do while bragging, by the way, yesterday that, quote, I have a very progressive agenda, and there will be significant representation from progressives in his administration. That is, of course, if he has an administration, because that is up in the air as it uh, pertains to the lawsuits being filed today by Sidney Powell in uh, court in Georgia, and we'll update you on that as well. So we've got Patrick Wood at 935, then we have uh, uh, David Ray from FAIR talking about the immigration plans. It's funny how nobody talks about immigration anymore. It was the signature promise of President Trump's campaign back in 2015 and 16 to reform immigration and to restore our sovereignty, to to protect our border. And nobody even talks about this anymore. Joe Biden, who is, of course, responsible for the cages that the Democrats hated so much uh, when they were used during the Trump administration, um, is is going to turn the immigration policy of this country and our sovereignty on its ear. So we'll talk to Dave Ray about that. Then uh, coming up... <clears throat> Excuse me, at 10.35, we're going to talk about the Great Reset. James Dellingpole, Dellingpole is going to be joining us to talk about this global reset 
that so many uh, world leaders of socialist countries primarily um, are counting on. And, of course, they're referring to the COVID-19 pandemic. That is the reset they're going to use to essentially wipe out private property, wipe out personal ownership, wipe out personal wealth, and essentially turn every nation into governmental control uh, experiments in which the people will be granted only what the governments say they may have. So we'll talk about that with James Dellingpole. So we're loaded up today. <clears throat> Not a ton of time for phone calls, but if you want to make one, get in between or before or after those guests, and we'll try to get you on the air as quickly as we can. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. I want to talk about the media to start the program today. <clears throat> and I want to talk about the mainstream media's extraordinary outsized influence in the outcome of this particular presidential election. An outcome, outcome, by the way, that has not yet been certified, and as noted, there are lawsuits being filed today in some of the states um, with respect to voter fraud, electoral fraud, election irregularity, counting issues, etc., etc. But the media's role in the theft of the election, or if it is a legitimate election, and I can't believe how it could be, in the result of that election, is simply astounding. According to a study done by MRC, the Media Research Center, even Democrats admitted, had they known about the Hunter Biden connection to China, the Hunter Biden illegal profiteering along with the big man or the big guy, uh, which is Joe Biden, off of China, off of Ukraine and other countries, if they had known about the treasure trove of evidence that was uncovered when Hunter Biden, probably in a cocaine-addled stupor, left his computer with a computer repair shop in Delaware and never went to get it again, making it after a certain period of time property of the computer store. So when the computer store repair shop opened it up and looked at it and found all kinds of very, very damning information, including personal photographs and videos of Hunter Biden having drug-fueled sex orgies, uh, passed out with uh, crack pipes in his mouth and all of these other things, not to mention the illegal deals uh, and the illegal profiteering off of his name and Joe Biden profiteering off of his name, like I said, with foreign countries, this all came out in the last three weeks before the election, but it only came out in conservative media. The traditional media, the legacy media, the mainstream media would not touch it. Not on the air, not on their websites, not in interviews. They pretended it didn't happen. And if somebody brought it to their attention, they dismissed it as probable Russian disinformation. So liberal Democrats and centrists who didn't know about this went ahead and cast their votes for Joe Biden. Oh, and by the way, I said legacy media. I I forgot to bring up the other part. Social media went out of its way to ban anybody from posting about all of that treasure trove of information. I mean, we're talking evidence piled a mile high. You know, from the hard drive of the laptop that I just mentioned, to emails that were recovered on that laptop, to text messages stored as well, 
doc, excuse me, documents. In other words, a billion times more evidence than the media had to prove that the Trump campaign in 2015 and 16 colluded with Russia to interfere with the election. A billion times more evidence because they had no evidence of that. And they had a ton of evidence for this. The legacy media ignored the story, buried the story, and social media banned the accounts of people, including the New York Post, which broke the story, so that nobody would find out about it. And now, according to the MRC, the Media Research Center, had voters known about those issues involving Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, they would have changed their votes, a lot of them enough to swing the election. The liberal media's efforts to hide Joe Biden scandals from voters and bury good news about the Trump administration literally cost him the election if it goes down the way that it seems. Had voters known about the issues around Biden and his family, and had had voters known about successes of the Trump White House, including the Middle East peace deals, which got no coverage at all. No coverage at all. With numerous Arab countries in the Middle East normalizing relations with Israel, a nation that prior to the president, that is Donald Trump and his intervention, wanted to wipe Israel off the map. But they buried that information. They buried energy independence information, job growth information. Had voters known about the problems with Biden and the successes of Trump, according to the research, President Trump would have had 311 electoral, electoral votes. More than a 41 more than he would need to win, according to uh, the polls. The media has partnered with Twitter and with Facebook, the mainstream media, to censor Donald Trump. In one survey... For MRC by McLaughlin and Associates, enough Biden voters, this is important, would have switched their selection had they known about Hunter Biden's money scandal to give Trump a victory in in that presidential race. In that poll, 4.6% of Biden's voters said they would not have chosen him had they been aware of Hunter Biden's uh, China money affair which, again, is very well documented by the the only news media that would cover it, conservative news media. In the second survey conducted by the polling company for MRC, 17% of voters say they would have shifted away from Biden had they known about Biden's scandals and Trump's achievements. A survey of the voters in the key battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, found enough Biden voters that say they would have switched to give the uh, switched their votes to give Trump the win in each state. They literally said they would have switched their vote had they known about these things. The media is no longer just an annoyance. The media is no longer just, you know, not doing the thorough job they once did in trying to, you know, report and to investigate and to conduct journalism. The legacy media and the mainstream media is now actively impacting elections. They are actively changing the results of elections by what they will report and what they will not report. Couple that with social media, which is also changing elections 
by burying information that harms the candidate that the uh, predominant number of Silicon Valley social media tech overlords, uh, the candidate, <laughs> excuse me, that they support, it literally changed the election. This isn't just an annoyance. This is impacting this country for, for the future um, of, of this country. President Trump lost tons of votes. One in six Democrat voters who voted for Biden said they would not have done so had they been aware of these stories. Now, let's tie that to this. The New York Times has written a story about Facebook, particularly Facebook. And why? Well, because they're interested in the fact, believe it or not, the New York Times is interested in the fact that Facebook employees have acknowledged that they changed their algorithms on Facebook so that users would not see any challenges to the election. So users cannot see that Rudy Giuliani is filing a lawsuit in Wisconsin, that Sidney Powell is filing a lawsuit in Georgia, that Rudy Giuliani has filed a lawsuit already in Pennsylvania, that it's just been given an expedited appeals hearing, et cetera, et cetera. Any challenges to the election, any stories that allege that ballots were shredded, any stories that allege that uh, postal workers were ordered by supervisors to backdate absentee ballots and mail-in ballots, anything that shows election irregularity or challenges was buried by the new Facebook algorithm. The New York Times reported on this and explained it. Now, they do it willingly and with great excitement and enthusiasm because they agree with it. But I want to use it to show you just how impossible it would have been for President Trump to win this election. Because of all of these forces conspiring and working against him and thus against you. In the tense days after the presidential election, a team of Facebook employees presented Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg with an alarming finding. Election-rated misinformation, as they see it, was going viral on the site. President Trump is already casting the election as rigged and stories from the right-wing media outlets with false and misleading claims, again, according to the New York Times. False and misleading. About discarded ballots, miscounted votes, and skewed tallies were among the most popular news stories on the Facebook platform. In response, the employees proposed an emergency to change the algorithm, which helps determine what more than 2 billion people see every day. It involved emphasizing the importance of what Facebook calls news ecosystem quality, a secret internal ranking it assigns to news publishers based on signals about the quality of their journalism. The change that they made to the algorithm was part of the, quote, break glass plans. You know the the old phrase, break glass, in the case of an emergency? The break glass plans Facebook had spent months developing for the aftermath of a potential contested election. It resulted in what you would expect, a spike in the visibility of big mainstream publishers like CNN, the New York Times, and NPR, National Public Radio. While posts from highly engaged, again, this is New York Times language, highly engaged, hyper-partisan pages, such as Breitbart and Occupy Democrats, became less visible. It was a vision of what a calmer, less divisive Facebook might look like. In other words, they engaged in what Patrick Goodwood called technological book burning, or digital book burning. 
You remember that, right? You remember, you've seen the dystopian tales of governments burning books in the town square so that the population cannot learn things that the government doesn't want them to know. That's what Facebook has done and Twitter has done. If you, if they disagree with something and they're afraid that you might read that something and agree with the writers, they are going to make sure you never read it. And the fact that the New York Times calls Breitbart, for example, hyper-partisan, but calls CNN big and mainstream, along with the Times and NPR, is laughable. Have you ever seen anything more hyper-partisan than CNN? Anything more hyper-partisan than Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Jim Acosta, and every one of the hacks who used to call themselves journalists on that network, they get full promotion from Facebook. Breitbart, conservative sources, they will bury. You'll never see them. And that has cost Donald Trump potentially the election, re-election as President of the United States. All right, a little late, 820, or 923 rather, right back after this. Thanksgiving Day. Your friends are all around. Okay, 928. I want to try to get a couple of calls in here before the bottom of the hour. And before our first after the news, Patrick Wood joins us. We'll go to Cleveland here. And Brian, you're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead, Brian. All right, is not that line does not work. Let's try Mike in Columbia Station. Mike, are you there? Hey, good morning. Does uh, that line not work either? Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't think we were connected. Go ahead, sir. You're on the air. Yeah, I was just touching on the Hunter Biden. Even if the people would have known weeks ahead of time about it and swayed their votes to Trump, I believe that it still wouldn't have mattered because they still would have added more ballots in uh, Biden's favor, just like they did in this last election here. You know, if they gain the three branches back, you know, our vote's not going to matter from here on in because, you know, they're going to pack the Supreme Court. They're going to get rid of the filibuster. And they're going to add, you know, the D.C. and Puerto Rico, all the uh, four senators there, and we'll never be able to take back our country. You're a billion times correct, my friend. Um, you know, if they take all three control uh, branches of government under their control, and we don't have that Senate firewall that we were talking about, we will never, ever, ever get this country back. And when I say we, I mean conservatives, and by conservatives, I mean, we, <clears throat> excuse me, constitutional. Patriots, people who believe in the liberty that this country was founded upon and uh, that we read about in the Constitution. You know if they get the Senate, they will pass every progressive dream they have ever had, including and especially packing the Supreme Court and, yes, adding more states. You add Puerto Rico as a state and Washington, D.C. as a state, you guarantee four more Democrat senators right out of the gate. We will never be able to win control of that body again. We'll never be able to win the White House again. It will be, I mean, and I hate to do it, and thanks for the call. i got to go over here, Mike. I hate to do this, but I've said it in private conversation, so I'll say it on live radio. If we lose the Senate runoff races in Georgia, and the Democrats do control the upper chamber as well as the House, and, of course, a Biden White House. 
before his first term is up, there will be a secession. I don't know if it will be led by Texas or by whom, but there will be a movement to secede because the handwriting will be on the wall. They will enact their socialist dreams, which will lead to the death of the United States, just as socialism, socialism has led to the death of countless other countries that have tried it. And we are going to have to rescue ourselves. And whatever state leads the secession, pack up the moving truck because I'm going. That's the harsh reality of the situation. News time now. We'll talk to Patrick Wood of CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, next. AM 1420, The Answer. I'm making a command decision. No more, quote, Thanksgiving Day music. <laughs> that is awful. Andrew's running our show today, and uh, he asked me uh, a couple of breaks ago, hey, I've found a bunch of Thanksgiving-themed music. Do you want that? And I said, I don't care, before pausing to say, wait a minute, there's Thanksgiving music? I've never heard of such a thing. Let's see how this goes. I have seen how this goes. I am now done with, quote, Thanksgiving music. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. So 936, thanks for being with us on this Thanksgiving Eve, if you will. Uh, I want to get uh, back to our rights. I told you this story yesterday about the Republican, so this isn't a partisan issue with respect to politics. He's a Republican governor of Maryland who declared that no one has, quote, a constitutional right to walk around without a face mask on. He said some other insane things, too, including that not wearing a mask in public is like driving drunk. (laughs) He said it's yelling fire in a crowded theater or not following the speed limit. He literally said that and then said the killer was, there's no constitutional right to walk around without a mask. I thought I'd ask somebody their opinion on that, and that somebody is Patrick Wood, who is the founder and the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech, an organization that I work with as well, as I always give full disclosure. Patrick also runs a phenomenally important website called technocracy.news, and he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, now, uh, (laughs) you and I have been talking about the face mask issue really since probably April or May, whenever the first mandates came out, because we all recall that in the earlier stages of coronavirus in February and in March, um, and part of probably most of April, Uh, All of the doctors and scientists told us not to wear masks. It's pointless and useless against a coronavirus. makes no sense. Don't do that, especially those cloth ones anyway. Then, of course, they had nothing else to sell in order to control people, so they said everybody must wear a face mask. Everybody must wear a face covering, even if it's just cloth. So you and I have been talking about it ever since. And, Pat, that's why I wanted to get you and your your first reaction to what the governor of Maryland said when he said there's no constitutional right to walk around without a mask. I've been looking at the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Um, I read that very differently than he does. What do you say? Well, he's absolutely out of his mind. And I watched that interview, and I could see the fear in his eyes. I I don't know if you picked up on it, but I think anybody that kind of knows a little bit about how people react to stuff could see that the guy was just scared to death 
And he, when fear comes into a person's life, the next thing that comes out is anger. That's just kind of a natural progression. And he could also see the anger in his voice or hear it that, uh, uh he was just like blurting things out and, you know, kind of ranting, if you will, but stomping the Constitution at the same time. And <clears throat> our own Justice Department, uh, some people wonder where they've been, but, uh, in, in the last few months, but, they issued a statement. This is official Department of Justice um, uh, release. They submitted a statement to uh, to another court where a case was being heard um, over the um, the mandates and stuff. And they said in the statement, there is no pandemic exception, however, to the fundamental liberties the Constitution safeguards. Indeed, the individual rights secured by the Constitution do not disappear during a public health crisis. Now, I don't know how more clear you could be, and this is, I know, what you and I believe, but the governor of Maryland needs to read something like this and say, you know what? You're so far out of sync with our own Department of Justice that it's just, it's just unimaginable what you just said. Well, it's literally 180 degrees from the reality of the situation. What the Constitution, in fact, says is that the government has no right to force me to do something like wear a face covering. They just have no right whatsoever. My constitutional rights allow me to walk down the street or walk through a store or walk through a park or walk wherever I want to and breathe the free, clean air. The Constitution guarantees me the right to not have to put on something that some government official tells me to. And this man has 180 degrees gone away from that and said, you do not have a right to not wear one of those things if we tell you to. Uh, it, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're getting close to kind of crossing the Rubicon, Pat, because, you know, a lot of us have been talking about the face mask issue of not only it not being, um, effective in trying to keep people from spreading or getting the coronavirus. It is also unhealthy in a number of ways for people with various conditions to wear one of these things. But now we've crossed over into whether it's healthy or not, whether it works or not, if we tell you to do it, doggone it, you better do it. That's what this, and this isn't even a Democrat. It crosses parties, this insanity and this this, uh, 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 control of humanity that they're trying to impose upon us. It does, and here in Arizona, the uh, our governor, a Republican, um, uh, admittedly, well, as I say a rhino type of a Republican, but um, he's uh, pushing mandate, mandated vaccines for our state now. And uh, this is in a you know Republican, mostly Republican state now. Some say it's purple, but um, that's another story. But this is across the country. It's just when you when you remove yourself from the law and from the Constitution. You're free to do anything you want to do. Anything you can dream up in your mind, you can do. And this is exactly what's happened across the country. People have become lawless in the sense that they just don't even have time of day for the law. But America was founded on the basis of rule of law, not the rule of guidelines. And we have legislatures that are supposed to pass actual laws, and so far... Legislatures across America have been completely asleep. They haven't done it. They haven't passed all this stuff. They haven't knocked it down either. But if a law was to be passed by a legitimate legislature in the country, we would have to follow that law, unless we just decided to disobey it. But um, right. this guideline business is just completely outside of anything America has ever stood for in its entire history. 
We're talking with Patrick Wood, founder and executive director of Citizens for Free Speech. Pat, you were the driving force behind the, one of the first uh, anti-face mask campaigns that we have talked about on this program. I've talked about without your presence many times, and those are the, the blue cards uh, on the blue lanyards that we have sent all over the country by the thousands, where people are wearing those into facilities that uh, say they have to wear a mask, and it explains that wearing a face mask poses a serious health risk to me. And now you have um, taken another approach, and I want you to talk about no face masks for children, because kids everywhere from K through uh, 12 in this country and in almost every public school and maybe every public school and almost every private school are being forced to wear face masks. And um, you have put together a website um, so that people can discuss the effects of that. Can you tell us more? Yes, I was hearing stories about children being harmed by wearing face masks, and it's it just kind of common sense in a way, but it wasn't quantitative. I couldn't figure out, well, how can you really write about that? So I thought, well, let's just ask parents around the country, and uh, first, you know, like parents, teachers, physicians, to give firsthand testimonies on how wearing a face mask in school affects children. And I really didn't know what the response would be, but in just almost a week of, of it being, uh, the site being launched, which is nomasksforkids.com, uh, we've had well over a hundred firsthand testimonies now entered by, by parents, by the parents themselves on how their kids are being harmed. And, um, we've had thousands and thousands of visitors to the website already where people are reading these stories and saying, Oh my gosh, I never had any idea. And I encourage everybody to go there. If you don't have a firsthand story, don't put one in and make it up. But by all means, read it. My first response as I saw this stuff roll in, Bob, is that this is just outright child abuse. It's reckless child endangerment at the best, and it's child abuse at the worst, all of which is a felony. And this is this is so over-the-top criminal. It's just It's just inconceivable in America, that this would happen. Our children are being put at risk across our country for serious, serious illnesses. And you have to just go read some of these testimonials. They're not long. They're not like, you know, 50 paragraphs or anything. Just short statements. This is what happened to my kid when they started wearing a face mask at school. It'll absolutely blow your socks off. I have read some of those uh, exactly that you're talking about right now, Pat, and it's um, it does. It blows my socks off, and it enrages me because children, you know, especially because what what we have been told by the scientists, for all of those who say believe the science, follow the science, listen to the doctors, they have said that children have an infinitesimally small chance of getting the virus and an even smaller chance of passing it on to an adult you know for those who are saying well it's not about the kids what about their teachers and what about them bringing it home to their grandmothers and so on and so forth the 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 number of cases of children passing uh the coronavirus on to adults is is practically non-existent so these kids are being forced to do this they're being forced into compromising health situations both physically and psychologically that you talk about and that so many of these dozens and dozens and now hundreds of parents as they're reporting and it's all for no reason whatsoever if ever there was a reason to stand up and fight a governmental order this is it because we got to protect our kids right Absolutely, and I suggest uh, that there are millions of angry mama bears across America 
who have children in this position who are just hopping mad but don't know what to do. I'll tell you what, I want those, I want those stories to be entered for everybody to see publicly. You know, we call it transparency. I don't know, whatever, but they need to go to nomaskforkids.com and put their story in and let other people see and, and also realize that they're not alone in their, uh, in their angst and their anger. We're talking with Patrick Wood, executive director and founder of Citizens for Free Speech. I want to use this occasion to push you to citizensforfreespeech.org. It is a very important organization, one that is becoming more important by the day, especially as we get closer to a potential Biden administration, especially as we watch censorship of our views uh, and our opinions um, being, you know, being expanded on social media being expanded in legacy media we just do not have a voice unless we agree with the leftists who are running uh those platforms um that's not going to change it's only going to get worse under a biden administration so we need more members and we need more volunteers who are ready to become active and who are ready to work in their own communities to defend the first amendment that's what citizensforfreespeech.org is all about and pat one more thought on the face masks I know you saw this, but for those who have not, a study was done, a Danish study, which is the largest randomized uh, trial, or uh, not trial, but uh, study that has been done on the effectiveness of face masks. They put this uh, entire thing together, um, uh, starting in the uh, early stages of this whole thing in the spring. Total of 3,000 people, roughly, in each group of the study, one group wearing masks, one a control group who did not wear the masks. What they found was that in terms of individuals who became infected with coronavirus, there was a statistical insignificance between the two groups. The face mask wearers who wore them all the time and the non-mask wearers who are like you and me, believers in you know, uh, taking our own health into our own hands and deciding if we want to breathe oxygen freely or if we want to suck in carbon dioxide uh, that's trapped inside of our masks, literally one-third of one percent. That was the difference between those who wore masks, masks and got inf- infected and those who did not. So if anything, Patrick, the science is on our side, is it not? The science is on our side. And unfortunately, since this whole uh, debacle is not about science anymore. And there have been thousands of doctors and researchers across the world who have, uh, who have brought legitimate science to the table. It's immediately rejected in all cases, and it's, it's deep-sixed, it's buried, it never gets reported in the media. That's because the media has been completely taken over and weaponized against anybody that gives a contrary narrative. And so it's not the science anymore that's going to move the needle on this. It's people. People have to be the one and on, at the ground level now who take up the challenge to stop the face mask mandates and, and stop the people from wearing face masks in their local communities, the science is not going to press anybody anymore. It's it's completely been blown away, true, but the people that are bringing these mandates to us don't give a rep, like the governors, for instance, the governor of Maryland. He's not, he doesn't care about the science at all. You could bring studies out all day long. You say, yeah, I don't, you don't believe that. We're, we got a mask mandate here. We're going to do that, and we're going to punish you if you don't do it. This has gone way beyond just the science, I'm afraid. Yeah, and sadly, it's it's mirroring the climate change, quote-unquote, science. They would... 
still any study that that starts to disprove the narrative that global warming is man-made, man-caused, carbon emissions, et cetera, et cetera, any scientist who has something to say and report that is contrary to that is buried because they have to bury the, the, the contradictory science. Otherwise, they won't be able to use the phrase, the science is settled. This is the way that it is. Same thing with the, with COVID. Same thing with the face masking. The science is settled. Face masks work. If you don't wear them, you're putting people in danger. And any study that shows the opposite uh, has to be buried. Last thing, Patrick, before you go. Normally, I talk to you about Citizens for Free Speech and the website I just gave, citizensforfreespeech.org. But you also are the author of two books on technocracy, and you run technocracy dot news. And I'm looking at that site right now, and I just want to get maybe a minute here before we're done of your thoughts on the global vaccine. You're quoting Dr. Mercola, uh, who says that a global vaccine passport is going to be required for international travel. Qantas Airlines, based in Australia, has already done it. You cannot get on one of their planes and travel internationally without proof of a vaccination. Um, do you believe this is what's going to happen in, all across the uh, the airlines? It's already happening, and the, the final plans are being made right now to implement this uh, globally across all of the airlines, and the airlines will honor each other's, or they'll honor the universal, uh, uh, you know, COVID pass, if you will, um, from one airline to the next. But already, the airlines have come down on the side of Big Pharma in this, and uh, they're going along with the, you know, the censorship of any information to the contrary. And this will be the fact now. If you want to travel, that you're going to be um, extorted into wearing and into creating one of these, um, you know, submitting to testing and so on to get one of these COVID passports. A lot of people are going to refuse to fly. And honestly, I hope it punishes and spanks the airlines to the extent where they will realize that their draconian, dystopian uh, COVID pass is not acceptable and that it's just not going to, it just ain't going to work. But uh, we'll see. You know, people accepted the uh, scanning machines that TSA put up uh, that, that rendered you naked, essentially, and taking mm-hmm. off your shoes, felt half your clothes in the airport. Uh, I don't know if they're going to accept this or not, but um, in our opinion, this is, a, again, just a gross violation of our Constitution, and this should never be allowed in America. And that's all we're asking for, is simply our constitutional rights to be respected and not taken away from us in uh, a fear or a panic uh, over uh, a health crisis. Uh, Patrick Wood is the author of a couple of books that I mentioned on technocracy. You should get them both, Technocracy Rising and Technocracy, The Hard Road to World Order. And read his work at technocracy.news as well. Patrick, thanks so much for your thoughts, and thanks for what you're doing uh, to help protect the First Amendment and our constitutional rights. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I pleasure, Bobby. Thank you so much, Patrick Wood. It's 954. We'll be right back. All right, friends, I've been telling you now for a few weeks about Nathan'sDetailing.com. And I told you during the show yesterday, they were outside my studio. They had my car in its parking space, and they were detailing my car as I was on the air. Because the beauty of Nathan's Detailing is you don't have to go to a detail shop and drop off your car. Because, you know, somebody has to go with you, right, and to bring you back. And then they got to take you back to get your car again. It's so inconvenient. Nathan's sends one of their fleet of detailing vans to you, whether it's in your driveway, whether it's in your work parking space, and they will come and detail your car. By the time I got off the air yesterday, I went outside, and that car looked brand spanking new inside and out. 
especially inside. And I kid you not, like I said, hand to God here. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I got in the car and I slid off of my seat. That's how clean they made the leather seats in my Kowalski Ford Fusion. Uh, seriously, I got in and slid. That's how slippery it was. It was unbelievable. It even smells new now. Get a gift certificate to Nathan's Detailing. Send it to a friend, a family member, a coworker, an employee. They are going to absolutely love it. It's like getting a brand new car for Christmas. Go on and uh, log on to nathansdetailing.com. That's nathansdetailing.com. A few easy clicks. Have a gift card emailed to you in seconds. Your your fr- your friends or whoever you give this to is absolutely absolutely going to love it. Nathansdetailing.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, easy for me to say. That's nathansdetailing.com. Whether you get the interior job or the complete package, interior, exterior, it's going to be amazing. nathansdetailing.com. Get that gift card today at nathansdetailing.com. Okay, I've only got a minute here before the top of the hour, but I want to give that minute to Eric in Kirtland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Eric, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I just wanted to go back to the one, the lady that phoned yesterday with her challenges going to the grocery store, being able to buy food uh, and, and getting kicked yeah, out of the store yeah. because she didn't have a mask. You know, I I, I do this. I go to the stores and I don't wear a mask. I, uh, I have my card from Patrick's organization. I just feel like if there's going to be a call to patriots to for civil disobedience, I agree with it wholeheartedly, Bob. I just feel like it came up short when I feel she was reaching out to you for some guidance as to what to do. And it, and it perked my ear because it's relevant for us. I don't, I don't want to travel. I don't need to go to a gym, but I need food. And um, to me, if you're going to push people to be civilly disobedient, I just respectfully ask that you offer some guidance for that poor, you know, that old woman, they just, wants to go shopping and pick her own vegetables and pick her own supplies. And I felt like she got pushed Mm -hmm. into um, using, she got pushed into what the left wants, used a digital shopping method rather than going into the store. Yeah, well, you see, here's the thing, my friend. What she really got pushed into was the clock, kind of like you are right now. I'm here at the top of the hour. i got to get to my news, and I appreciate your phone call. And I didn't have a ton of time to explain anything more to her. But here, here's the thing, and I'll say it, and maybe I'll talk more about it after my next guest uh, joins me, Dave Ray. But um, there are what we teach and preach about our constitutional rights to free speech and to free expression and so forth, which is why we oppose the masks at Citizens for Free Speech, is that you have to pick your battles, you do have to decide which hill upon you are willing to die. Not literally, of course. Um, and that is one of them when we're talking about grocers. If all of the grocery stores are aligned and they are all telling you, sorry, we're not risking a fine for Mike DeWine, because Mike DeWine said he's sending shoppers and BWC workers in to see if we're compliant by making all of our employees and our customers wear it. If we're pushed into that and we can't not make people wear masks and all of the stores are the same, people have to find a way around that. And civil disobedience and just ignoring it is not going to work if they're going to, like I said, if the stores are going to play hardball. You do need groceries, so you may have to find another way to get your groceries. It's not capitulation. It's not giving in to the left. It's trying to figure out what battles I can win and which ones I cannot. And that's what we teach people at CFFS. We'll talk more about it later, but now it's news. 